What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. All we can be sure of is this. Zach Berry and Grayson Weir are hashtag not committed. I love a good train wreck. Hey, hey, what up? This is Not Committed. I am your host, Zach Barry. Joining me as always, Grayson Weir. It is a bittersweet episode as we come to you this Thursday morning as it is Grayson's final show. It is his bid adieu to us all as he moves on to a, a new gig. Grayson, good morning. It is a uh, heavy heart, but also a heavy hand. And congratulations. Thank you. It's going to be a heck of a run. Y'all stay tuned. Follow me on Twitter. Um, I can't, I'm not at liberty to tell everyone where I'm going quite yet, but there'll be a move here in the next, uh, next couple days, um, next couple days and weeks that unfortunately pulls me away from not committed, but that does not mean that Zach and I will not continue to keep you updated on all things Ole Miss. Obviously, Zach, more than myself, stay locked at the Ole Miss spirit. Those guys are doing a great job over there. You included Zach. Um, and we'll, we'll, this won't be the last you hear from me, uh, but it will be the last that you hear from me on the Ole Miss spirit podcast network. Yeah. I mean, basically what you're saying is to respect your decision. Exactly. That's, yeah. that's exactly what I'm saying. Well done there with the recruiting. Yeah. Draw. yeah. A, uh, a little, uh, little tip of the cap to uh to my old show back in the day but um which i think it's still out there i don't know maybe somebody took the exact same name of the podcast i don't know um all right so we asked for a mailbag and uh the good folks over at om spirit part of on three came through let's just let's just get right into it um this one, I mean, this one's coming out of the gate with some heat. Matt Smith is asking, what would your ultimate run out from the bullpen song be as a closer? He is saying that his is definitely Out of the Black by Royal Blood. I can't say I'm familiar with that one, but um, I'm going to go to you first because I got to think for a minute. Yeah, so I've actually had this debate with someone recently, um, and I, I, I've had a couple different options. It depends on where I'm playing. Um, and it depends on like, let, let's just say 
I don't know. Let's just say I'm playing for the freaking, I don't know, Milwaukee Brewers. So there's no ties. Because if I'm playing in Boston, I'm probably going out to like some bagpipes or something. If I'm playing in LA, I'm probably going out to like some reggae, something different. But if I'm just going like straight down the middle, um, like this is my team. I'm coming out. Here it is. Like the most intense thing I can think of. I'm coming out to LL Cool J's Mama Said Knock You Out. Um, and I know that's a, a, a different one because I've had a, I've had this debate with someone recently and we threw out millions and millions and hundreds and hundreds of songs. Um, I had Run the Jewels was on there. Uh, there was some like Wiz Khalifa, some Outkast. But Mama Said Knock You Out, I feel like if you just come out to that chorus and then you throw straight gas, like 101, 102, punch down three guys to close out a game. Um, I think that would be pretty intense. So I think that's where I ended up landing. Mama said, knock you out by L cool J. Hmm. Man, this is tough. Yeah. I'm trying to think of like some good, like intro, like, you know, you're obviously, I guess, depending on how long you plan on warming up, you're not going to get like, the entire song but and i and this is a difficult question for me i don't know about you um i i go through phases with music and now with college football cranking up i am hardly listening to music at all i'm just all podcasts all the time um and i'm i even do podcasts when i run which my wife thinks i'm a psycho for that um I just run to people talking instead of music. Uh, man, I, just recency bias because I recently had a buddy. Um, shout out to uh, to Mr. Uh, Matt Howard, who uh, uh, he and his brother Zach both uh, shared with me the music video for um, Audio Slaves uh, and. I actually don't even know how you say this. Is it Coach Eyes? Um, C-O-C-H-I-S-E. Um, which actually the song was originally titled Save Yourself after the chorus, um, but it's actually named after an Apache Indian chief who, quote, declared war on the Southeast and drove out thousands of settlers. Um, so shout out to him for uh, telling people to, get the fuck out um yeah so tom morello who obviously rage against the machine was with audio slave said that quote coach eyes the avenger fearless and resolute attacked everything in his past with it in his path good lord with an unbridled fury that sounds like a closer to me um it, do yourself a favor and listen to that and if you don't want to run through a brick wall and strike out three people to win a game i don't know what'll do it so yeah i'm gonna go with coach eyes from audio slave I like that. And then another one that I had uh, that I that we were talking about with my buddy the other day that would just be funny is be hilarious if you walked out to Let's Get It On by Marvin Gaye. My walkout song in high school was Ooh Nothing by Project Pat. That's good. So that that's a that's a that's a classic. Yeah, that's um Matt Smith also followed up. Is there any concern at all that Aiden Williams might spurn Ole Miss last minute? I do not believe so. I don't think so either. Um I know our very own Ben Garrett posted uh, 
in the thread, I believe two days ago. So Tuesday, as we were recording this, um, that the sense around the Ole Miss program and the recruitment of Aiden Williams is more and more positive towards the Rebels. I have not heard anything else. I actually spoke with a couple of sources this morning, said they still expect Ole Miss. Um, the thing to watch here, and even if he commits, I don't think this will be an issue. We talked about this on Tuesday's show, or maybe it was last week, where Aiden Williams might – he seems like the type of kid that will honor an official visit and go to Tennessee because he told Josh Heupel he will come. Now, I don't know if he will. He may not. Once he commits, he might just shut it down and focus on his senior season. He is still scheduled to visit Knoxville. We'll see if it actually happens. But, no, as of 10.21 a.m. Central Time, I do not think there's any concern there. Yeah, no, I haven't heard anything that would suggest otherwise either. All right, Rambling Rebel, bringing the heat here. He says, uh, on the previous show, you offered a wonderful assessment of the bear and other shows, namely Severance. Great show. I agree, Rambling Rebel. Uh, he's curious about um, our hindsight thought in saying Severance was the best first season of any television show ever. Now, this is what I said. Grayson did not say this. so Yes, I cannot attach that. Okay, yeah. I, I don't know if you co-sign that or not. Um, he says, what I'm curious about is juxtaposing severance with the first season of true detective, which still blows me out of the atmosphere with how amazing it was. Is severance really better? Um, uh, than the straight G true detective season one. Um, all right. So just a, uh, disclaimer here, maybe an asterisk when discussing this, um, and this might make me sound like a super hipster when it comes to television, but, I don't include True Detective on this list or this Mount Rushmore or whatever you want to call it because it was an anthology series. Each season of True Detective was different, different storyline, different characters, all that. Mm. If we're not, if we're throwing that out, then True Detective season one is is absolutely on the list. Um, I, I mean, one of the more incredible things that I've ever seen. Um, I mean, just completely enamored with it. It was so 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 incredibly done i mean matthew mcconaughey was iconic in that woody harrelson was phenomenal um it's easily one of the best things that i've ever watched um nick pizzolato was phenomenal in creating and writing that um that was honestly the first time i ever really got into reddit and getting into the threads and the theories and breaking down scenes i mean there were threads for days and days and days about true detective season one um so that's my thing that i i don't include it because of that um i don't know if you prepared a statement here but as far as other best season ones for me um i mean i think the bear and severance are right there next to each other um i would probably throw I like Friday Night Lights. The first season is like That's pretty much as perfect one. as it can get. Season two is not great. And then three through five get a little bit better. But season one yeah. of Friday Night Lights is one of my favorite. Like, Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'd probably throw Lost in there. Um, Just the sheer. Yeah, for sure. The sheer volume literally and figuratively, figuratively of like that first season and just the whole like plane crash and these people are stranded and you know at the time because you you know obviously you learn later six years later in the show 
um, that it could have potentially been, you know, the afterlife or been, um, you know, stuck in purgatory or limbo or whatever, however you interpret it. Um, Lost is one of my favorite shows of all time. Uh, I would probably also throw... I mean, you got to put Game of Thrones in there. I mean, the balls to kill off a main character early on was wild. Um, And... How I Met Your Mother is kind of a good one out there. Uh, Don't get me started on that. Walking Dead. Um, Walking Dead started out so strong, and then it just completely flamed out. Yeah, I watched that one with my dad. He was like irrationally angry by the third season. Oh, um, dude! I mean, that was must see television for us. We watched it religiously, and then it just got so bad. Um, if I'm gonna throw in some curveballs, you know, not intense dramas. I'd probably Arrested Development. Yeah, good, good call. First season of that is, I mean, the whole show up until the end when they started getting weird and doing, you know full-on character episodes where Netflix screwed it up, but early on, it's one of the best shows ever. Jason Bateman is just the best. Michael Sarah's great in it. Um, And then I'd probably throw Gossip Girl in there and hate all you want, but that is a phenomenal show. Yeah. Um, I'm going to throw one more out there. I'm going to go Planet Earth. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Planet Earth it, one is awesome. Planet Earth two is also awesome. The planet Earth visually captivating, insane. Uh, also, last one before we move on, um, Homeland. One mm-hmm. of the good one. one of the one of the best shows um, that I've seen over the last ten years. Um, Mandy Paddington as as Saul Berenson is is phenomenal. Claire Danes absolutely kills it in that show. Um, I mean, it was whew, just incredible acting from everybody. Um, all right. Uh, UM010 is asking about Isaac Smith. Is Ole Miss slow playing or is he not interested in Ole Miss? Um, I wrote about this uh, in the target practice series. There is some communication there, um, but I do think they have several other safeties ahead of him on their board. Um and then I've talked about the the DJ Durkin connection. He was super tight with Durkin. Ole Miss was very much in the picture, probably the favorite, and then he left for AM. So I think that that kind of soured uh, the connection with Ole Miss there. But they're still talking, um, and I'm not sure if if Isaac Smith is um, close at all to making a commitment. Um, so that's my take on where that is right now. Uh, well, first and foremost, Atawamba Agricultural, uh, easy for me to say, is one of my favorite names for a high school, just like ever. Um, so take that for what you will. Um, I just had to throw that in there. That's an incredible name for a high school, Atawamba Agricultural. Um, but yeah, no, Isaac Smith, I think, is pretty wide open at this point. I don't think he's in any rush to commit. I think if he was going to be in a rush to commit, it would have been to Ole Miss. But like you said, Durkin's off to AM. Um, I think the teams that are still, you know, pretty in the mix are pretty on par with what on three's database has uh, Vanderbilt state, Ole Miss, and then like Tennessee hanging around in the background, but that could all change. I mean, I, I think he's 
as wide open as it gets um, as of right now, willing to listen to anybody and everybody uh, not quite ready to, to narrow in his sights just yet, perhaps had narrowed in on Ole Miss and is now kind of stepping back out to that 30,000 foot view, trying to figure out where he best fits in. Um, like you said, from what I understand, Ole Miss has a couple other safeties that they might be trying to go after too. But if they miss on those guys, I'm sure they would make a, a back end push for Isaac Smith because he's a good player. Uh, he's in state. And if you're recruiting against Mississippi state, and this is, I think this kind of goes across the board. If you're if you're Ole Miss right now recruiting against Mississippi State, um, and, and it's kind of down to those two schools, it's it's hard to lose that battle, unless Mississippi State has been in it since like day one, um, and Ole Miss got in the race later. But Ole Miss and Mississippi State got in on Isaac Smith around the same time. Um, so if Ole Miss really wanted to make a push for Isaac Smith, I think that they could go get him. Um, but they're willing to be patient. And I think Isaac Smith is being more than patient right now uh, with a lot of ball left to play in his recruitment. Yeah. All right. Uh, next, my Kilton fan. How are things going with Sunterian Perkins? Is a flip to Alabama still expected? Um, we've talked about this on the show. We talked about it on the board. Talked about it in a couple uh, pieces you can find over at Ole Spirit. I don't think so. Um it was very much a possibility. I know there were some flip predictions put in in the recruiting prediction machine, but uh, during Juice Fest 22, Perkins was in town. The staff really hunkered down, and you, you know, I, I think they righted the wrongs, or if there were any wrongs. I mean, I don't think there were. I think it was just, you know, it's. He he's been very upfront about how Alabama's his dream school, the the aura, the the opportunity to play for Nick Saban is a big deal, but um, it seems that Ole Miss has cleared up anything there, any concerns um, that uh, he might have had, or maybe they just uh, put in a little extra um, recruiting pitch there to keep him in the class. I mean, I mean Alabama's not going to go away. I mean, it's, it's it's Nick Saban, it's the Crimson Tide. It's built by Bama, all those things. Um, but I, I still expect him to sign with Ole Miss. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of ball left here too. Um, Alabama's, like you said, not going to go away. They're going to continue to recruit him. I'm not going to rule out a flip because it's still a very realistic possibility. Um, however, with all of that smoke back in early July when Perkins was there in Tuscaloosa for that official visit. Um, he changed his profile picture, you know, to an Alabama photo. At that point in time, I think I would have said, you know, he is likely to flip. And I think a lot of people, um, perhaps even yourself included, would have said similarly. Um, if he was going to do so, I think he would have done so by now. It has now been, uh, you know, a month and a half-ish since his official to Tuscaloosa and he hasn't flipped yet. I think that's a good sign. And then you and I both have heard similar things, but you are even more confident than I am um, that almost really did sure things up at juice fest. And I heard similarly, I think, um, I think more than likely he stays at Ole Miss, uh stays committed to Ole Miss rather. But I mean, like you said, Alabama's always going to be hanging around. There is always a chance that he could flip at the last second. But 
I think that if he was going to do so, he would have done so already. Yeah, I agree. Uh, all right. Uh, Lane's Sane Clown Posse. It's a great name. Yeah, it is. He kept the receipts. He said to remind us to answer this question next time. How different is it covering recruiting with the portal now involved compared to high school only? And, uh, oh, great call back here. He said uh, LB's has the meats and Arby's is full of shit. Yeah, yeah that's that's awesome. You uh, you know, you know the vibes there. Yeah, thanks for sticking with us. Yeah. Um. All right. With the portal, I mean, it's honestly going to be. I mean, recruiting. You know, I always say recruiting never stops. Um. But now, like truly, like literally, it will never stop. Um. You're gonna have to continue to recruit guys that are on your roster. I mean, you're gonna have some true freshmen this year that I think are gonna turn some heads on the field. I definitely think. Quinshawn Judkins is a guy that's going to really turn some heads. Davison Igbenosin, um, probably going to have some defensive guys besides Igbenosin step up and, um, you know, maybe somebody like Jaron Willis or a uh, Taylor Groves or a Tyler Banks. I mean, you're going to have these guys that have plenty of eligibility left. And if they have a fantastic season at Ole Miss, maybe named to the all SEC freshman team, maybe, a, you know, freshman all American, um, you know, can't stop anyone from, from come, coming to call and, and see if they want to, you know, leave Ole Miss to go to Oklahoma or to Southern Cal or to Texas or, you know, insert school here. So I think that that's how it's affected the game is how you're, it's not over once they once they land at your school and they sign. Um, now we there were always concerns with, hey, I don't like the fit, or you, you know, got homesick, or I'm not getting enough playing time. I'm going to look elsewhere. But I mean, now it's I mean, you could have a guy that's completely and totally happy with their decision and love where they are, but then somebody else comes calling and they might want to rethink their uh, college career and maybe they want to go play at a uh, quote bigger name. I do think Ole Miss now they're not immune to it. It's going to happen and they're going to have to fight off some, some other suitors, but being in the sec and being in the sec West is going to help Ole Miss. I think now I'm not saying it's not going to happen and there's no chance that anyone will leave because that's false. There's always a chance, but you're playing in the best conference. You're playing in the, the, the best division in college football. The The floor is, is yours. I mean, if you want to make a name for yourself, you want to impress NFL scouts, you want to build a resume to get to the NFL, I mean, you have it every Saturday. You're going to be on live television across the world every single week, whether that's ESPN, SEC Network, you know, ESPN Plus, SEC Network Plus, whatever. You're going to be there. So I think that helps as opposed to if you're at a place like UTEP or, you know, uh, App State or UMass, where you may not be on television every single week. I mean, when you're at Ole Miss, you're, you're going to be there on television playing for the masses every single game. So, um, they're still going to have to battle it, but I think that's the biggest change with recruiting is it, it literally never stops 
regardless of if they're a 2024 prospect or there's somebody that's a, a redshirt freshman, they're always going to be there. Yeah. And I think the big change, at least, I mean, I, I kind of cut my teeth, if you will, in like true recruiting coverage. This was kind of my first year where like I've followed recruiting, I've covered recruiting, you know, in various capacities, whatever. This is kind of the first year that I've had, you know, twice a week for the most part over the last six, seven months where we were talking exclusively recruiting. Um, and we got started back in January with the whole Jackson Dart thing. Um, and I want to pat ourselves on the back here. There were some other podcasts and some other people out there around the Oxford community, particularly within the sports reporting area, who were trying to tell us that we were wrong the entire time. We were right. Um, so I think the biggest challenge that I have seen covering high school versus the transfer portal is that with the transfer portal, there's a lot, one, there's a lot less access. Um, you know, for, for high school recruiting, you're going to camps, you're talking to recruits, you're able to kind of hit them up on the DMs when they're in the transfer portal. A lot of those guys don't want to talk. Um, Mm -hmm. there's not a lot of information coming out of, you know, really anything because take the Caleb Williams, for example, alongside the Jackson dart, there was a lot of smoke and mirrors going on on both sides. Like for a minute there, BYU was really confident that Jackson dart was going to be transferring to Provo. Um, or at least BYU fans and reporters, that obviously wasn't the case. But then they stirred that up based on something they heard, which was completely different than from what we heard. So with the transfer portal element to it, one, like you said, you know, it's year round um, until they implement the the windows, which if I'm not mistaken, they decided not to do Um during the off season, I think they made the decision that they're going to like punt that down the road, but until they put the windows in one, you know, it's year round. And then two with the transfer portal, there just isn't a lot of access. There isn't a lot of information. There's a lot of, um, you know, with recruiting high schoolers, these kids are announcing their official offers. The schoolers are announcing their official offers. It's kind of all publicized along the way, um, you know, with a timeline of, this kid visited this school at this day at this time versus uh, within the transfer portal, you know, Wayne Kiffin, yeah, we knew he was, you know, on a plane. I was able to get his, you know, number tracked. I found out he was going to Los Angeles, but he could have been going to LA for, you know, he was going to LA to visit Jackson Dart, but Jackson Dart was living in Utah. So for all we know, those two things could have not corresponded. So with the transfer portal, it just makes things a lot more different, difficult to keep tabs on who is going where, who is doing what, who's been offered for X, Y, and Z, um, and where they're ultimately going to end up because there is that lack of access. There is that lack of, you know, publicized process to it. A lot of it's done behind closed doors. Um, So that, at least for me, having covered, particularly when I was with the DM back in college, you know, I, I covered that recruiting class in 2018. It would have been 2018 recruiting class um you know i was all over that that was very different than the experience that i had back in january when i was on the phone with people on la i was on the phone with you know people all over the country trying to get in touch with freaking zach wilson's mom to see if she had any idea where jackson dart was going to end up (laughs) it was just very different um than recruiting so there's definitely a huge difference there between you know just recruiting high school or covering recruitment of high schoolers 
versus the covering of the transfer portal. So yes, to answer your question, there is a huge difference there. Um, and it makes things a lot busier. And I won't use the word messy because that's the wrong word, but for a lack of a better word, um, it just makes things muddier, messier, and a little harder to keep track of. Yeah. Tons and tons and tons of variables have been introduced over the last year that I, I think it's more fun. I do too. I think you have to work a little harder, dig a little deeper, get creative with how you, you know, vet your sources and, you know, trust, but verify has always been the, uh, the mantra, but um, yeah, I think it makes it uh, a lot more interesting to follow and to cover. Um, Sleepy Joshmo Giacomo is asking, are the coaches going after any other quarterbacks for this upcoming class or are they set with Marcel Reed only? I covered this in my target practice piece. We've talked about it. They are perfectly set, perfectly ready to move on to 2024 and Walker White. Um, Marcel Reed's their guy. Um, I, I think uh, I think people are going to see, in my opinion, how valid and and how legitimate he is as a senior. Um now that he is a commit, people are going to pay more attention, obviously. Um, I think what we're going to see, he's an extremely talented prospect. Yep. And I know that – and look, everybody wants the high-ranked guys and the five stars and all of that with, you know, Arch Manning early on and Jaden Rashada. But Marcel Reed is a uh, phenomenal quarterback. Not, not only a phenomenal quarterback, he's a phenomenal athlete um, that I think they're going to – really take notice as they pay closer attention to him now that he's a commit and see what he's capable of. And I think, uh, I think Ole Miss fans are going to be more than pleased with, with him as a uh, commit in this class and a quarterback for the future. Definitely. And we've talked about this at nauseum, so I won't like go too deep into it, but there's no need to go get another quarterback. You've got at least, you know, Jackson Dart or Luke Altmaier, if not both, on the roster next year, depending on transfers and all that stuff. So you have a guy that's, you know, locked in. Um, you've got the future kind of shirt up in terms of a starter. You just need someone to back him up. Um, and, you know, Marcel Reed is, is not ready yet, but by the time he's an upperclassman, him and Walker White, who you and I both believe will ultimately end up in Oxford. And it seems like pretty much a sure thing at this point. Uh, the two of them will end up battling it out two, three years from now uh, for that starting quarterback job. So there's no need to go get somebody else. You're not in any rush. You're not in any worry. And Marcel Reed is legit. So there's no need. Um, and Ole Miss has the staff and 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 all those guys have decided that they're comfortable where they are and they're ready to look ahead to Walker White, like you said. Yeah. All right. Um, next, uh, Powder Blue Red wants to know best guess on stat lines for a couple guys. Um, start with uh, Michael Trigg. Um, I'm assuming he's wanting to know like yards, touchdowns, all that. Uh, Trigg, I'd probably, hmm, I'll say. I'll say he's going to at least 50, at least 50 receptions and close to 600 yards receiving. 
I'm I'm going to go even further. Um, I'm I'm going to go ahead and say that he averages about 70 yards per game. I mean, we saw him in one game last year, um, or really rather, let me say that again. We saw him in four games last year, uh, and he didn't really get that many touches. Um, I, I think that was a part of the fact was he was a freshman. Part of the fact that was you know he it was a new offense. Things were going crazy. It was still Clay Helton was still there. Um, and then he got injured, but I, I think he averages close to 60 yards a game. Um, I think he's yeah. going to be a really highly targeted guy. So I'll, I'll say around 700, 750 yards receiving. I think he's going to get a touchdown a game. Um, I, I think that's a very reasonable expectation that Michael Trigg will find the end zone on average about once per game, maybe like 0.75 per game, whatever. Um, and I think he'll probably have about five or six catches a game. I, I think he's going to be used a lot in this offense. Um, I think him and Jalen Robinson are going to complement each other really, really well over the middle. So I, I would guess, I don't know, I'll call okay. it 700 yards and 50, 60 catches. All right. Uh, Ulysses Bentley, the fourth. Uh, I'm going to say 690 yards all purpose. I, I, yeah, I was going to go all purpose too because I don't know what his. I mean, nobody knows what the split's going to look like in the backfield. I think they're going to be using um, both of those guys in the backfield a lot together. Um, I think we've seen that out of camp already. Um, I think that, that Ulysses Bentley and Zach Evans will be on the field together a, a pretty decent amount. Um, and I think they're going to use Bentley uh, more all over the field than. Evans Evans will be out of the backfield mostly. Maybe you push him out in motion, but I think USS Bentley will be moving into the slot. He'll be in the backfield, you know, lining up outside of tight end as like a slot back coming into motion, all kinds of things. I think your estimate's probably about right. 700 all purpose yards, give or take. Okay. Quinchon Judkins. You, you know me. I, I'm a big Judkins stand. I'm going to say. I'm going to say 512 rushing yards and eight touchdowns. I think I they that. use him in I think they use him in the red zone a lot. And and Zach Evans is more than capable of handling the load and, and he's a big physical guy too, but I think they're going to want to keep him very fresh and I think you're going to see a lot of long Zach Evans runs that get into the red zone or like a a screen to Bentley that gets them down there. And then they bring in Judkins fresh with a full head of steam and he pounds it in kind of similar to what you saw with, with Snoop Connor last year. Yeah. So I was, I'm looking at the stats from last year right now. Uh, Jerry on Ely was the team's leading rusher at about seven seventy, then Snoop Connor at about six fifty, then corral at six fifteen, and then Parrish. Um, I think this year's split will be a little bit similar. Obviously, Corral or and Dart slash Altmeyer may not, you know, reach that six hundred plus number like Matt Corral, who seemingly you know fell forward for a yard every single time. Um, I think you've got Zach Evans will be the the primary ball carrier, and he'll be closer to that Jerry on Ely number around eight hundred yards. 
And then I think below him, um, I think you'll see Ulysses Bentley. I think his yardage will be less as a rusher because it's going to be more as a receiver, kind of like in that Henry Parrish role uh, last year. And then, like you said, I think Judkins is going to kind of fall in that that bully spot. I'll say 500 yards rushing and 11 touchdowns is what I'll go with. Okay. I like that. Uh, last year, Braylon Brown, a guy that battled through injury last year, looks to be close to 100%, has flashed in fall camp. I'm going to say hmm. – I'll go, I'll go 380 yards receiving and four touchdowns. So this is tricky because Braylon Brown is really, really good, but he's not going to get – the shine that he deserves, um, I think largely because Mingo and Robinson are going to take the bulk of downfield targets, and then there'll be Bentley and Evans out of the backfield getting a lot of a lot of screens and dinks and dunks and things of that nature. So Braylon Brown may not get the shine that he deserves, um, especially considering that Danish Jackson's also been turning it on. Darts found a rapport with him. We saw that during the scrimmage on Saturday with that 80-yard bomb where Dennis just blew by that corner. Um, I forget who it was at cornerback, but I won't put him on blast. Um, Braylon Brown, I think, finishes as the team's third leading receiver. As a receiver, I'm not going to include the the, the Bentley and Evans in this situation, but I'm going to say third leading wide receiver behind Mingo, behind Jalen Robinson. Um, I'm going to go like 400 yards receiving and three touchdowns. Okay. All very fair. But I think um, he's, I think he's like has the potential to really blossom into a star. I just don't know if he's going to get as many touches as he, I guess, needs or deserves. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, yeah, a year that you see the potential, you see the flashes, and then that will lead into a big 2023 for him. Yeah, yeah, well said. All right, last one before we hit the break. Powder Blue Rev also wants to know, any tips for someone wanting to get into writing slash journalism, not just sports-specific, but overall? Um, first off, I would say just start writing. Yeah. Um, I can't even remember what it was. It might have been – no, it was WordPress. Uh, I started a WordPress way back when – when I was living in New York and just started writing about random sports stuff um, just to, you know, put the proverbial pen to the proverbial paper. Hardly ever write these days. I type everything, but I would say just start writing stuff down. Like you, you have a thought or you have, uh, you know, a take on something. Um, just put it, put the words down somewhere and just get it there. Um he said not sports specific, but I would say find something that you like thoroughly enjoy, you thoroughly love, and focus on that because then it won't feel like you're quote unquote working. It'll just feel like something that you're passionate about. Um, obviously, I'm passionate about sports, passionate about covering recruiting, passionate about college football. That makes it very easy. It doesn't feel like I'm working. It doesn't feel like a job. It's something that that I like to think about all day, every day. So that makes it very easy. Um, 
but yeah, I would say just, just start something, whether that be a, um, I mean, you can start a WordPress. I, I don't know what other free journal blog type stuff you could do, but yeah, just, just do that. And then just find something that, that you enjoy and just, just harp on that. Yeah. I don't have much to add there. Just become an expert in something or at least um, a quasi expert in like a couple of topics. Um, obviously for, for you and me, Zach, it's, it's college football is like our thing. And then for you even more so than me, but me as well, you know, kind of narrowed in on that Ole Miss beat and that SEC beat and then kind of, you know, go from there. Um, but the biggest, yeah, the biggest thing that I can stress is just get words on a page, you know, read a lot. Um, that's something that I try to do every single day is, is to get a feel of how other people write, you know, the athletic, I would really recommend if you don't have a subscription, um, they do a really good job of like some more long form stuff. You can get a feel for different voices for different, um, types of, you know, I guess like phrasing and cadence and all that stuff. Um, and then just go from there, just get words on a page, read a lot you know, get on the spirit, see what, see what Zach's got cooking, um, see how he writes, you know, try to implement some of the things that you like from Zach's writing into yours, try to like define your own voice, but just go out and actually do it. Um, that's the biggest thing is, is get the words on the page, see what happens. Um, and then keep an eye out. Like this is, there is a media boom right now more than ever. There are all kinds of different publications as you know, big as millions of viewers and, and readers to as small as like 50 or 60. Uh, yeah. There are opportunities out there. Look for one that makes sense for you. Uh, keep your eye, you know, on the pulse and um, just, just do it. Like just get out there and do it. And, and if you're good, you'll realize right away that words come easy if you're really struggling with it, then maybe it's just not for you and that's okay. But you won't know that until you get words on a page. Yeah. I, um, I mean, new media is, is huge now. Yep. It's, uh, I, I mean, something else that I'm passionate about is golf. I love to play golf, love to consume it, you know, watch it, listen, play, um, everything. And I mean, just golf media in general. I mean, no laying up friends of the program. I mean, they started out as just a bunch of dudes blogging. And then now, I mean, they're probably one of the biggest names in golf, probably yep. one of the, the bigger authorities on Twitter. Their podcast is outstanding. Um, Solly does a phenomenal job running their podcast. I mean, they do incredible video work on YouTube. Um, and then just their, just their, basic commentary during tournaments is, is an outstanding thing to follow. Um, you know, the fried egg shotgun start two guys, Brendan Porath, um, Andy Johnson, two guys that started out as bloggers and just fans of golf and just wanted to, you know, find something that they were passionate about. They did that. And then now two of the best podcasts, um, for golf with the shotgun start and the fried egg. And, um, they do it all. They, they do, you know, hilarious commentary. They do the nuts and bolts of golf tournaments and um, their coverage of everything around the, the live tour has been really, really great. Um, and then they'll, they'll do some really, you know, 
hardcore golf like architecture and you know the design of bunkers and how to you know read different greens and it, it i mean you can get as silly and as intense and you know as you want with with how they they cover golf um you know you can you know a guy like uh like Robbie Berger and Bob does sports. I mean, just a guy that wanted to get into that, that industry and just, you know, made his own path. And, you know, he is now one of the the bigger names, you know, you can call him an influencer. You can call him a YouTube star or whatever, but um, he's doing his thing. And again, just found something that he wanted to do and he loved to do every day. And I think that's the key to success is just, if, if there's an all encompassing theme here, it's just find something that doesn't feel like work. Yep. Um, that's uh that's kind of the big thing here. All right. We're going to take our first break. When we come back, we're going to, um, we're going to pin down Grayson and going to force him to give us a, uh, a hot take, a bold prediction before he uh, leaves us. Um, so hang tight. We'll be right back. This podcast is brought to you by Lamar Yard, Oxford's indoor outdoor restaurant, bar and entertainment space on South Lamar. They now have an updated menu with non-barbecue options from Tex-Mex to Mississippi Delta catfish to smash burgers. And you can contact Lamar Yard for your private events for the spring and summer. They have a dedicated event coordinator who will help you plan your event from start to finish, and they offer on-site catering. From weddings to Greek parties or corporate events, Lamar Yard is the perfect place to host your next party. Lamar Yard is Oxford's quintessential family and pet-friendly venue, and they look forward to hosting you soon. Check them out at lamaryard.com. And if you want a place for clever dishes and captivating cocktails, look no further than So Wild in South Lamar. Chef Erica and her committed team of food and beverage enthusiasts are bringing top-notch cuisine and libations to you six days a week. Whether it's happy hour three to six, fresh squeezed margaritas, ramen, two-for-one Moscow mules, all that and more, the best and brightest in-house or via curbside pickup. Check them out, solaoxford.com or call them at 662-238-3500 and place your order today. The show also brought to you by Memphis restauranteur Kelly English and his restaurant group in Memphis, Tennessee. The renowned chef and his team are offering nationwide shipping and virtual cooking classes with Cooking with Kelly. You can learn more about the nationwide shipping at irisetc.com and you can also book a virtual cooking class online at table22.com slash iris. Kelly English Restaurant Group in Memphis, Second Line Restaurant Iris, and the Magnolia House down on the coast in Biloxi. The show is also brought to you by Cherokee Valley Golf Course in Olive Branch, Mississippi. Get on over, see Cody Allen and the rest of the crew take on their challenge of the wide plush Zoiza fairways and large championship Bermuda greens. They've got two putting greens to hone in your game with the flat stick, the driving range, and a chipping green to tighten up that short game. Book a tee time online at olivebranchgolf.com or give them a call at 662-893-4444. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Mike Rowe here with a few thoughts on my favorite sweatshirt. 
a classic zip-up hoodie that used to be navy blue but has since faded to what the fashionistas call a distressed indigo. It's 13 years old, soft as a flannel bathrobe, and after a few hundred dirty jobs, demonstrably and undeniably indestructible. This is the kind of sweatshirt girlfriends like to permanently borrow, but I've held on to this one because I got it from American Giant. American Giant makes all their stuff right here in the USA so they can control every link in their own supply chain. That matters. Because when you buy American Giant, you not only get great quality, you create jobs for people in factory towns all over the country. No pressure, but if you give a damn about the business of making things in America, you got to support the companies who are doing it right. Go to American-Giant.com slash Mike to get 20% off your first order. That's American-Giant.com slash Mike. And we are back here on Not Committed. This is Grayson's swan song as he will be departing after this. I asked you before we started to give me a bold prediction. It could be recruiting related. It could be 2022 season related. It could be related to anything. It doesn't have to be Ole Miss specific. It could be all encompassing to the college football playoff or the season, whatever. Um, so let's hear it. You, you, you got anything saucy for us before uh, we uh, end the show? I don't know if it's that bold. Um, uh, but I'm going to throw it out there anyway. Um, we were talking about Ulysses Bentley on the last segment there and kind of throwing out a stat line. I was a little hesitant to do so because it directly coincides with my hot take or I guess like bold prediction or whatever. Um, I think Ulysses Bentley is going to be SEC first team player this year. And I, that might be a surprise. I think he's going to earn that. I think they call it like all purpose, um, like first team all purpose or whatever spot. So I think Zach Evans and Ulysses Bentley will both be first team all SEC players. I think Zach Evans will be first team as a running back. I think Ulysses Bentley will be all purpose because when you look at Lane Kiffin's offense and now Charlie Weiss Jr. and Lane Kiffin's offense, um, the tempo is obviously there. You're learning a lot of plays. There's a ton of volume. There's a lot of opportunities to be getting the ball. And everything we've heard out of fall camp is that they're going to be getting the running backs the ball a lot. And I think that has a a lot to do with the fact that both Altmaier and Dart are young. Um, I think they need that kind of reliable check down or that reliable designed play to where they can look to a first target, maybe Michael Trigg running like a post route over the middle and you look for Trigg, and if the linebackers got him locked up or if they push down a defensive back, which I think is going to happen a lot for Michael Trigg, they put a defensive back down to cover double-team Trigg with that linebacker. Okay, Trigg's not there. Turn to the left, look for – left or right, look for um, Ulysses Bentley out of the backfield. Um, I, I think he's going to be involved a lot on third down. Um, I think on fourth down too, I think we'll see Zach Evans on first and second down. I think we'll see a lot of chunk yardage out of him. We've seen what a special player he could be. Might even play himself into Heisman contention or at the very least uh, play himself into the conversation to where, you know, the Ole Miss fans can make that Zach Evans for Heisman campaign. Um, but then alongside him, I think Ulysses Bentley is going to earn first team all SEC honors because I think he should be, a really, really explosive, um, fun-to-watch kick returner. I think they're going to use him a lot as a 
receiver out of the backfield. Um, and I think they're even going to get him, you know, in space a little bit. I, they did a little bit at SMU uh, where they kind of used him again, kind of trig being that anchor point or whomever the tight end is or whatever, uh, kind of undercut the tight end route, maybe dink it down to uh, Bentley and then Trig can set a block and Bentley can get loose. I think we're going to see a lot of the huge explosive plays from Bentley. He might not get the most touches. He might be out touched by Judkins because he is, I think, like you said, going to get a lot of those red zone carries. That's all okay because Bentley's going to have the opportunity to shine in other areas. So I guess my bold prediction or hot take or whatever is that both Zach Evans and Ulysses Bentley earn SEC first team honors. Wow. Okay. I, and I don't hate that at all. Um, I do think you're going to see a more emphatic usage of Bentley and his skill set. I think they're going to get him involved in the passing game a lot just because of his versatility and how he can do it all. I, I think he's more than capable to run the football, but I think he's going to be a headache for people in the slot putting him in jet motion, getting him, you know, running full speed before the defense can move, I think is going to be crucial. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think he's going to have a ton of touches and yeah, I mean, Zach Evans is probably one of the biggest breakout guys in college football, yep. uh, potential breakout guys. I mean, we the talent's there, we know it's there. And I do think it's going to be quite the, unique situation for him because of the depth they have at running back where they don't have to give him the ball 30 times a game. They'll be able to keep him fresh throughout games. And I think that's going to be huge for Ole Miss as they get the quarterback situation settled and they've got that early cushion in the non-con to uh, figure things out, not just at quarterback, but how they want to use these running backs. So yeah, I, I, I love that. I love that bull take. Um, as far as, hmm, so you gave one for the offense. What about one for the defense? Oh, defense. Um, efforting, efforting, thinking, thinking. Um, I think my bold prediction for the defense is that Aishin Young will play his way into a first or second round pick. Ooh. Okay. I don't know. I mean, it could end up being like third or fourth round pick, but I think he's going to be, his name will be off of the board. Here, here, here. I'll, I'll, I'll backtrack. I'll say this. Aishim Young will hear his name called in the 2023 NFL draft on no later than day two. There it is. Okay. All right. I like that. So that could be first, second, or third round, I think. Don't they do second and third round on day two? So, yeah, let's do that. Aishin Young will be a first draft pick in the first three rounds of the 2023 NFL draft, and I think that that's a legitimate option. He was a freaking monster at Iowa State, um, and I think he's going to really shine in the three-three-five system that Ole Miss is going to give him a lot of leash. They're going to give him a lot of chance to fly around like a banshee and just kind of knock some some heads around. Um, and then the secondary around him is going to be very good. 
So they'll be able to kind of do all those man-to-man coverage situations. And then Aishin Young can just be a floating killer out there, just ready to lay dudes out, ready to step in, knock the ball down at the last second, all kinds of things all over the field. I think Aishin Young, there it is, bold prediction, will be drafted in the first three rounds of the 2023 NFL draft. All right. Love it. All right. We're going to take our final break. When we come back, we're going to have some uh, reactions to the uh, preseason polls. Give you some quick thoughts on that before we shut things down this Thursday. Grayson's final show with us. So hang tight. We'll be right back. Podcast brought to you by Protection Unlimited Incorporated, the Mid-South's leader in commercial and residential alarm security. Wayne Lowry and his team have been serving the greater Memphis area and North Mississippi for 50 plus years and would love to get your business and or family protected today. They offer cutting edge security for your home or business with video surveillance options and they're monitoring 24 7 365. You can reach them via phone at 901-754-6510 or email them at info at protectionunlimited.com. Podcast also comes to you thanks to Bluff City Advisory Group, Memphis's leading team of finance professionals. They can provide advanced assistance with financial planning, pension and qualified plan support, and business and estate planning strategies. Former Ole Miss Rebel and founding partner Ben Still, along with his elite level customer service team, make it their goal to help you meet the ongoing demands of your financial needs. Learn more about them at bluffcityadvisory.com. Podcast brought to you by the Barry Home Team. You're ready to sell and make the most net profit from your home. Call Stacy and Rick Barry today. They will lead you through the process from property assessment, repairs, staging, and putting that sold sign in your yard. Both have earned the multi-million dollar club member status, and they would love to assist you today in your real estate ventures. Call them 901-481-6420 or 901-461-6421. After you have talked to the Barry Home Team, you can talk to Saddle Creek Title, another proud sponsor of the show. They're the Mid-South's leader in client-focused, innovative closing solutions. Neil Hanna and his team are more than just a real estate closing firm. They are dedicated to going the distance to ensure the ease and growth of your real estate business. Find more information at saddlecreektitle.com or call them 901-753-1600. Show brought to you by Davis McCord State Farm. If you're looking for good neighbor service and surprisingly great insurance rates, look no further than Davis and his team. They are your one-stop shop in Alabama, Arkansas, Tennessee, and Mississippi for the service you deserve at the price you want. So stop looking around. Give Davis a call. He is ready to help. 901-755-6110 and get your surprisingly great rates today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And we are back here on Not Committed. Zach Barry, Grayson, we're with you. All right, Grayson, real quick before we uh, shut things down here, we're going to do some uh, some reactions to the AP Top 25 that was released this week. Um, no real surprises in the top three. Uh, you've got Alabama, Ohio State, and Georgia. No argument for me there. Me um, four, I do have an argument here. Clemson, I think that's too high. You've got Dabo Sweeney and the Tigers having to replace both coordinators. It's going to be the first time in a long time he doesn't have Brent Venables running his defense. Very curious to see how that goes. How is DJ Uyongalele going to respond to last year? Um, you know, Clemson still won nine games, but he was pretty pedestrian all year long. He struggled. Um, how is he going to 
react to that and come back. Um, I think that's way too high. At five, Notre Dame, I'm 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 fine with that. Um, another team I think is too high. A and M at six. Yeah, this uh, one I think is way too high. I think it's. I'm I'm gonna step in here. This is absurd. Texas uh, A&M at six is absurd. You don't know who's gonna be playing quarterback. You don't know like what their offense is gonna look like. Sure, they have the number one recruiting class ever, but they're all freshmen. Like, the, yeah, I, I think this is absurd. I think they could finish within the top twenty-five, but I think to put them in the top ten, really in the top fifteen, um, for this season, we could be wrong here. I mean, maybe Texas A&M really gets it done. This is the year they figure it out. Whatever. I don't see it. I think they go nine and three when you look at their schedule, if not eight and four again. Um, yes, I I know the jokes, but I, I think that's a realistic possibility when you look at their schedule. I don't think they beat Alabama again. I don't think it's it's absurd to have them in the top ten, let alone, you know, number six ahead of teams that are likely gonna win their conference or at least be in contention to do so. Yeah. I yeah, I don't like it. Um, Utah's at seven. I would probably put Utah in the top five. I'd probably have them at four with Notre Dame at five. Um, Cameron Rising's back. He was phenomenal in that Rose Bowl against Ohio State, one of the better college football games I've seen in the last couple of years. They got a 1,000-yard rusher that's returned, and Kyle Whittingham has just created a machine over there. They win. Over and over and over, the Pac-12 is going to be virtually a cakewalk. I think they can easily win the Pac-12. Um, I like Utah to be a little bit higher. Um, Michigan at eight, yeah, okay, um, fine, yeah, that's okay. sure. Um, Oklahoma at nine seems a bit high, but the Big Twelve is is not going to be very. Yeah, it's top heavy um but questions at quarterback new coach how's that going to shake out baylor at 10 i don't hate that um so i love i love what they did here with this poll and how they because it's going to be oklahoma and baylor that battle it out in the big 12 with oklahoma state like not too far behind and that's the case here in the poll they kind of left it open for interpretation like okay one of these three teams is going to establish themselves as the most dominant team in the big 12 oklahoma baylor oklahoma state they're all within four spots of each other um and what i think is interesting you say that oklahoma might be a little too high i actually think it might be a little too low i think people are sleeping on the fact that dylan gabriel is as good as he was at ucf yeah he's had some time off yeah he's coming off an injury yes it's a new coach blah, blah 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 but there really wasn't much roster turnover at oklahoma between last year and this year, um, most of that team is still there. And then now you're just adding Dylan Gabriel, who continues to get disrespected um, for whatever reason by the media. They're not giving him the credit that he deserves for a guy who just threw the lights out and threw the freaking laces off of the ball at UCF. I think Oklahoma has a legitimate chance to like really surprise some people this year and be very, very good. Okay. A lot of question marks, but that conference is going to help. Um, I, I like Baylor at 10. Um, I, Ole Miss fans saw it up close and personal. Uh, Baylor absolutely whipped Ole Miss in that sugar bowl up front. Now, Matt Corral went down. That obviously 
greatly affected the outcome of that game, but they were just absolutely just tenacious on defense. Um, Oregon, Oklahoma State, NC State at 11, 12, and 13. Oregon, first-year head coach in the Pac-12, so sure. Um, Oklahoma State, another guy that just wins um, over there. Uh, Mike Gundy continues to churn out Ws for the Cowboys. I don't really hate that. But somebody's got to lose in the Big 12, so we can't keep saying that the conference is is so-so. I I did say it was top-heavy. I do think that's Oklahoma, Baylor, Oklahoma State, all right there. But, um, you know, somebody's got to beat somebody. Uh, and there's a lot of buzz around NC State. Uh, Dave Doran has a preseason top 20 team. They're going to be battling against Miami and Clemson in the ACC. Um, the real intriguing one here. Well, um, I love I love Devin Leary. Um, I think NC State, they have been – I think if you look at NC State, like, over time, I think they're the most consistently – average team ever um if i'm not mistaken i think they like have one win all time more than they have losses or something like that because they have these great years where they're like really good and then it's followed by a bad year and then somewhere in between and it really just evens out so i think north carolina state is like the the most average team um like of all time like statistically or wins and losses wise um but i think that this year could be the year that they really do take that next step because devin leary's legit um, and their defense is mostly returning from last year, and their defense was really solid last year. Uh, but Devin Leary is going to be kind of the the key to um, success there at NC State. But I, I like them at 13. I think maybe it's a little high just because we need them to prove, like, hey, do what the Wolfpack can do. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that they could end up finished in the top 10, if not atop the ACC, yeah. uh, when all things are said and done. Uh, an intriguing one here at 14, uh, two, uh, 14 and 16. You've got Southern Cal, the Trojans at 14 with Lincoln Riley, Caleb Williams, and that loaded transfer portal class. And you've got Miami at 16, Mario Cristobal, his inaugural season at the helm for uh, the Hurricanes. I, I think it's fine. I mean, it's all based on hype. Um, Again, I, I think there's a sh- – chance for the trojans to make noise in the pac-12 we have to see how everybody translates to the new program how lincoln riley runs things um i think 14 is fine i think that's a good spot yeah i um, do too it's i think it's a super huge boom and bust here for the trojans i think yeah, they're either going yeah. to win the pac-12 and be in college football playoff contention or they're going to drop a game to stanford um which is very yeah. realistic in like week two i think it is i think they go to stanford in either week two or three drop that game, and then you kind of lose all hope for the rest of the year if you drop one that early. And then sandwich between those two, Michigan State. Um, I don't hate that. I, I think uh, Mel Tucker's done an outstanding job. Um, I, I like the Spartans. Um, he's got a pretty good thing going there right now. Uh, I, I think that he, he – he, He's built an identity, which I think is the most important thing as a head coach when you're new and you're somewhere and you're trying to establish yourself and, and your program and, and build that identity. And I think that they've done that. They're going to play hard defense. They're going to run the football. And uh, they're going to be physical. I think that's a uh, a good spot for them. Yeah, um, the only question there is is if Jarek Broussard and Jalen Berger can pick up the pieces for Kenneth Walker the third. He was such a big yeah. part of that team last year. 
Um, Peyton Thorne is obviously coming back. He will be much improved, I would imagine. You keep most of your receiving core and um, are able to kind of keep that offensive base. The defense is going to be solid again. But the real question there is whether you can replace Kenneth Walker III's production. Yeah, he was uh, he was outstanding. I actually went back and watched that Michigan Michigan State game of the day just to just to get my my Gus Johnson intake before the season started. Um, just phenomenal stuff from him and uh and Fox down the sideline. What's the? Isn't that his thing? Down the, the sideline. The new one he uh he said I think it was last year when he said it, it was a. It was a big hit. It was a Ohio State game. And it oh, was a big I hit. Know. And he goes, Yeah. Woo! He said, You had a barbecue and you didn't invite me. <laughs> Hurt my feelings. He's he's just the best. Um, yeah. Can't wait to hear Gus on Saturdays. All right. Closing out the top 25. Wisconsin at 18. Seems about right. It's Wisconsin. Um Probably one of the more talented guys in the country at running back. Um, in uh, wow, my gosh, Braylon Allen, draw a complete blank. Um, just an absolute monster. Um, was great. Ran for over twelve hundred yards as a true freshman. Um, and I'm going to ask you. I don't know. Is it Fondula, Wisconsin, or is it Fondulock? It's huh, a great question. I don't know if there's some French in there. Let's go with the former. Let's go. Let's say there's some French in there. Fondula. That that sounds much more fun. Yeah. Um, What's interesting Mark- for for me with Wisconsin is there was a report the other day. Uh, let me see. But efforting, efforting, efforting. Stand by. Let me see if I can get the exact quote. Um, I guess there's some concerns in camp among Paul Chris. I mean, Grant, Graham Mertz is the guy again this year. Uh, he threw more interceptions than touchdowns last year. Been but very like, underwhelming. Yeah, but like has the promise. It shows flashes of greatness. You know, was a four-star guy out of college. Paul Christ said on the passing game, this was uh, Wednesday, he said, quote, I think there's time when you feel like we are making progress, and then there's times where we've got to take advantage of this camp because it's not where we want to be. There's moments, but we're not where we want to be yet. So obviously there's still two weeks to get things right before – or before the season starts and they have a pretty like whatever decent schedule to start the year they have the out of conference stuff but it sounds like Graham Mertz is doing exactly what Graham Mertz has done to where he's there are times you feel like you're making progress he's making deep balls he's connecting and then there's also moments where they're not where they want to be yet sounds like stereotypical Graham Mertz um, over the last two years three years even Um, so Wisconsin there yeah you have Braylon Allen running the ball but then you know, Graham Mertz has to be at least good um, mm-hmm. to help that offense yeah. take that next step. It's a great segue there. Um, as we head into 1920 and 21, you've got three SEC teams. Kentucky's in there at 20. Similar reports coming out of camp from Kentucky that Will Levis has not been as sharp as Mark Stoops would like. Um, people are high on the Wildcats this year. Um I can't remember who it was. Somebody on SEC Now this week said that he thinks that they will go eleven and one, which is wild. Yeah, that's that's. Bold. Um, but I think Arkansas, Kentucky, and Ole Miss right there at nineteen, twenty, and twenty-one is fine. It makes I think sense. Ole Miss replaces a lot. 
Um, you know, obviously Matt Corral, Sam Williams, Mark Robinson, Chance Campbell. Um, they replaced the, you know, the entire backfield. Um, all three of their leading receivers are gone. So there's a lot of pieces to uh, put back into place. Uh, I like Arkansas at 19. I think Arkansas is going to be good. Um, KJ Jefferson's back. They return a lot. Bumper pool is back, which I, I, I don't know. I don't know if he's getting his doctorate at this point or if he has tenure. Um, I feel like he's been there forever. Uh, Catalan at safety is an outstanding player. Arkansas is going to be good. Um, Wake Forest at 22, maybe a little high. Just And and look, the, the votes already might have been in, but Sam Hartman, unfortunately, yeah, will sucks. maybe out for the year. We don't know. It hasn't been disclosed what happened yet, but drastically changes the claw fence without Sam Hartman. Um yeah, Cincinnati it changes everything. I mean, Sam Hart, it sucks yeah. because Sam Hartman was, you know, I mean, he was that everybody wants to root for. And then now you've got to turn to, I think it's Michael Kern, I think is getting the, the oh, start so now. And, and that's just not like, that. Yeah. he's just not Sam Hartman. Yeah. I mean, he was preseason all AC, uh, all ACC guy. Um, just a bummer. Uh, Cincinnati at 23, replacing a ton. Um, everyone. But I think Luke Fickle will have them ready to go. Um, they'll be fine playing in the AAC. They'll win some games. Houston at 24 is interesting because I do think that that's very, very, very low. Um, I think Clayton Toon, uh, Tank yeah, Dell, um, Derek Parrish is another young guy, uh, one of the better names in um, college football. Chidozi in Wonkwo um, is going to be a name to know on the defensive line. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think Houston being in the AAC, they'll be battling with uh, with Cincinnati, with SMU to win that uh, conference. I, I think Houston should be a little higher. And then uh, rounding out the top 25, BYU. Well, so Houston – yeah, I'm with you on that. I think Houston wins the AAC this year. SMU has a brutal start to the year. Um, their first six games, efforting. You start with North Texas, who's decent, Lamar, whatever. But then you go uh, Maryland, TCU, UCF, Navy, like out the gate. That's brutal. Then you turn around and you play Cincinnati. And then, you know, the back stretch isn't super difficult, but you've got Tulsa in there, Houston. South Florida has Gary Bohannon, um, Tulane, and then Memphis. But it, SMU like probably loses to Maryland, probably loses to TCU, may or may not lose to UCF. Navy is Navy. The triple option is impossible. Um, I listened to an interview recently where um, like Luke Fickle was saying that they practice once a day or once a week uh, at Cincinnati. They practice like the triple option offense. So that's brutal. And then you turn around and SMU plays Cincinnati. So it's like one, two, three, four, potentially five losses in a row uh, right in like the heart of your season for SMU could be brutal. That gives Houston a chance to really turn around. And I think they could turn win the whole AAC this year and end up as the group of five team in a New Year's Six Bowl. I think it's a very realistic possibility. Dana Holgerson's legit. Yeah, I agree. Um and then, yeah, BYU closing it out at 25, sure. Um, I'm fine with that. I am all in on the Jaron Hall hype. I'm buying every <laughs> bit of it. 
uh, Alani Sataki is going to win football games. Um, spoiler alert. So, um, all right. That's going to do it for the Thursday show. Your final, your final installment of not committed. Um, do you have any, do you have any, uh, do you have a closing statement? Do you have any final words before we, uh, before we I don't have anything go? prepared, but I'll go off the cuff here and I'll just thank everybody for hanging with us over the last seven months. I'm glad that we were able to help y'all maybe get through the, the dead period, something to look forward to football talk on a Tuesday in February. Um, I'm glad we could provide that again. This is not the last you will hear from me. Um, not the last that you will hear from Zach and I together no matter how many times the universe tries to pull us away from each other, we always seem to come gravitating back. Um, so this is not the last you'll hear from me. Follow Zach at Zach underscore Barry on Twitter. Keep up with the Ole Miss spirit. They do great stuff over there. Um, and then myself is at JW on Twitter. Give me a follow, stick up, um, keep up with me. I'll be probably able to announce my next move. Oh God. Probably sometime next week. Um, Big things coming, but this will not be the last you hear from me within the Ole Miss space. Um, obviously, despite the fact that I am a quote-unquote national guy, Ole Miss is, is where my heart lies, so you'll be hearing plenty more from me. Thank you all for listening. It's been a hell of a ride. Um, and now you all stay tuned to Zach's. I don't know if you want to tease it here. Zach's got a, Zach's got a new podcast cooking that has been a fan favorite in the past. Um Y'all, y'all definitely tune into that because it's a good one. Yeah, appreciate it. Yeah, uh, inaugural episode is out now. Hit that line. Um, first episode, we talked over under win totals for the SEC. Um, that'll be coming to you once a week. We will talk all things sports handicapping. Um, obviously, we will focus on college football. So I'm not sure if we're going to throw the NFL in there. I think we're going to stick with, with the college football and keep it almost centric. But we'll talk games every week, give you locks to uh, either tail or fade, and um, if uh, if the numbers are if the numbers are right, I I, I feel confident that they will be. I think people are gonna, really going to like this show. We'll uh, we'll keep it rolling, and we'll do college basketball, we'll do college baseball. Um, so we'll uh, we'll have some fun with it. But yeah, it's uh, it's wherever you can, wherever you find your podcast, wherever you enjoy your podcast, Spotify, Apple. Stitcher, SoundCloud, it's it's all there. Podbean, I think, um, it, it's uh, it's there in the uh, Talk of Champions Network. So, uh, would love for you to download it, give it a listen. Um, we uh, we talk all fourteen teams in the SEC, give our thoughts on uh, their win totals. So, um, that's gonna do it for the Thursday show. Thank you to you, the listener, and the subscribers at OM Spirit for the questions. We always appreciate a good mailbag, and uh, thanks to the sponsors that make the show possible, and um. Yeah, thanks to Grayson for being gracious with this time. It's been fun. Um, we'll have him back on during the season. We'll we'll, we'll talk some more football with him for sure. But uh, that's going to do it. Remember to like, subscribe, leave a review. Let us know what you like, don't like. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll talk to you again next Tuesday as uh, almost expects uh, some big news on Sunday for Megan Williams. So with that, we will talk to you next week. We out. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.